Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right, you're listening to Money FM 89.3. Time now for Market View, where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares fell at the open this morning, led by declines from local banks. In early trade, the STI was down 0.5% to 3,208 points after some 53 million securities changed hands in a broader market. Let's take you through the numbers right now. A closing number is still firming up, but the STI is currently down 1.24%. We're looking at 3,182 points. In terms of value turnover, that's $1.28 billion. Naganus trailed losers 252 versus 326. Top five movers by value we've got here. Uh, let's take a look. We've got here DBS, UB, Genting Singapore, Capital Land Invest and OCBC. Bank, heavily traded securities, Seatrim, Genting Singapore, and Thai Beverage. In terms of companies to watch, we do have Singtel, net profit down 12.5% to some 465 million Sing dollars for Q3 ended December due to a higher net exceptional loss, mainly from Optus and Airtel. Now, elsewhere, from more on Singapore's inflation numbers to earnings out of SGX listed firms and to Grab's poor outlook, more local headlines remain in focus. Also on deck, Reddit falling for IPO on the New York Stock Exchange and more on NVIDIA. Now joining me on the line is Sunny So, Lead Technical Analyst, Capital Markets and Investor Education at Sia. Sunny, welcome. Hi, Kentian. Happy New Year to you and to our listeners on Market View. All right, happy Chinese New Year and it'll be Chapume very soon, yeah? Uh, so, Sunny, let's start with the SGX. How has the STI fed so far today? Any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers, especially after uh, Singapore's inflation numbers came out? I think STI, as you mentioned just now, we are down 40 points. So it's uh, not a very good Friday. Uh, now we are closing to the 3,182 points. We are down about 1.3% today. But for the whole week, the index uh, was mainly up in the first four days, only today. So the, uh, this, this Friday today, we the sort of uh, wipe out uh, the gains that we have earlier on in the week. And for the week, we are down about 40 points or 1.2%. On the biggest movers uh, on my screen, I do see that the biggest gainer today is Emperado. So uh, we know that all, most of the constituents stock in the STI are moving down due to some of the earning misses. So Emperado became becoming the uh, top gainer today was no surprise because it's a defensive name. On the uh, top losers, we saw Genting Singapore and Citrus. So Genting Singapore, of course, uh, another miss on the results. And Citrum is going to um, announce their results really soon. And the market is expecting Citrum to uh, announce a, ne- a negative result. Hence, the, the two biggest losers also doesn't come in as a surprise. We will talk about Genting Singapore in a bit, but let's uh, go through Singtel. Net profit down 12.5% to $465 million for Q3 ended December, largely due to a higher net exceptional loss coming in from Optus and Airtel. Any surprises or wider concerns there? 
Uh, wider concerns, I don't think so. But yeah. let me just dive in deeper onto why the net profits was down 12.5%. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was due to two components. One, of course, was the Airtel component. The uh, profit was uh, due to higher net exceptional loss uh, because Airtel was a one-off fair value loss uh, from its foreign currency convertible bonds as well as the currency depreciation from its uh, African operations also affected uh, the contribution of Airtels to, to Singtel. The other component was due to Optus, which was uh, widely publicized following the nationwide outage in Australia, which we spoke about a few months back in November. So there was a need to provide a provision for cost due to the outage as it was reported that the fiasco forced the recognition of the Optus uh, former chief executive and cost Singtel the parent about $61 million Aussie dollars. So having said that, Singtel CEO noted that the underlying financial results in the third quarter were still stable despite mm. a very tough macroeconomic environment and persistent currency headwind, partly due to the strength of Sing dollar. The Optus team has also taken steps to increase the resilience of its network and Optus was supported by growth in its mobile segment as well. So mm. Singtel will continue to face business pressure but is confident that their strong balance sheet priorities to improve the operational efficiency of the core business and scaling their growth engines will drive long-term value and returns. So the group said it will remain on track to pay the upper end of its dividend policy in financial 2024, mm. referring to its plans to pay the, uh, pay the ordinary dividends at between 70 to 90% of its underlying profit. So no wider concerns over there on Singtel. The shares are down about $0.03 cents today or 1.26% to $2.36. Hmm. And uh, let's talk about Genting Singapore, resort operator. Uh, hot stock of the day as well. Shares down about 10.2% at the open on the back of disappointing Q4 financials the day before. Now, that's it, right? If we look at second half of FY 2023 net profit was up 31% to some 334 million Sing dollars. How would you assess Genting Singapore's overall performance then? Yes, scratching my head a little bit over there. Yeah. Net profit was up 31%, but stock price was down like 10% today. So uh, besides the stronger net profit, the revenue for second half also rose 26% to $1.3 billion. Earnings per share stood at uh, 5.07 Singapore cents for the full year. Uh, up from the 2.82 cents the previous year. And a final dividend of 2 Singapore cents was also proposed uh, for shareholders' approval at the upcoming AGM. So despite the higher revenue and profit for the second half, which we spoke about, its yeah. core net profit of $127 million for the fourth quarter was actually 5% uh, lower year-on-year and 41% lower on the quarter. This is where it meets the analyst estimate. So the sharp fall of earnings, right, compared to the previous quarter, far exceed the seasonal 6% quarter-on-quarter revenue drop as us Singaporean, you and me, we travel overseas during the December year-end holiday. So one-off items such as the higher provisions for trade receivable where a 92 million bad debt provision in in the second half came as a negative surprise and dragged down the quarter's earnings. On top of that, there's a one-off uh, impairment or write-off relating to a major hotel brand and marketing expenses to attract right. more international visitors. So looking forward, analysts will remain bullish on generating Singapore outlook with a consensus target price around $1.16, given that the Singapore-China visa waiver and the tenders were also issued for a new waterfront development featuring a seven 
hundred hotel key uh, immersive lifestyle offering tenders. Uh, expected to return in the second quarter of this year to provide a more upside for Genting uh, share price performance. Mm. Now, generally speaking, uh, Sunny, when we look at the SGX earnings season, the later season, how's that shaping up? We've got some big names like Comfort Delgro, SETS, CDL, OCBC, ST Engineering. They're all reporting next week. Which one will you be focusing on then? I would say the earnings season so far has been a little bit mixed. Firstly, we got DBS uh, being the outperforming one. The bar was set very high at the beginning of the year, especially for some hospitality and travel-related counters uh, from the pandemic recovery. And those business revenue, uh, according to those that have reported, have already hit uh, pre-pandemic level. But uh, some one-time write-off things like a UOB acquisition of Citigroup, uh, Singtel Optus outage, and SIA and Genting missing the target due to slower recovery or slower uh, visitors from China really caught the market by surprise over here. So I think for next week, uh, all eyes will be centered on OCBC results, the last local bank to report. So bearing no surprises there, we should see OCBC perform above or in line with the market expectation or market estimates. And that could provide a lift to the STI index next week. Right. And staying in Singapore, sunny, US listed shares of Singapore-based Grab slid the most in more than nine months after the uh, right-heeling giant forecaster. 2024 revenue below analysts' estimates, suggesting a bigger-than-expected slowdown in its core business. Now, that being said, given Grab's market share within Southeast Asia, are there bright spots for the firm? Uh, bright spot, definitely. So the, the, the drop in Grab share price was mainly due to the uh, projections where the uh, right leader forecast of the 2024 revenue was lower than analyst estimate. But bright spot, yes, because Grab is reporting its first profitable quarter since its business combination with Uber. So with a profit of 11 million, not very big, but this is the first uh, positive quarter that we are seeing. Revenue for the quarter also grew 30% to US 653 million from a year, uh, from 502 million a year ago. So this also exceeded analyst consensus of uh, US 638 million. Group adjusted earnings EBITDA for Q4 was uh, US 35 million, a reversal from the negative EBITDA of uh, US 100, uh, 111 million in Q4 2022. So the group adjusted EBITDA is also higher than Q3 uh, 2023 EBITDA of 29 million. So uh, these are all the bright spots. Further down, if you look into the financial share-based compensation expenses for Q4 2023 also fell to 66 million from 90 million. So losses for FY23 narrowed to uh, 485 million, down 72% from 1.7 billion, billion a year ago. So these are all uh, pretty positive signs that a grab may have turned the corner into a, going to a positive territory. So as what the Grab CEO Anthony Tan said, they will continue to execute towards sustainable and profitable growth in 2024. The board of directors has authorized a share repurchase program of up to US $500 million. So this underscores their commitment in driving shareholder values and shareholder value creation. Mm. And uh, further away, Sunny, Reddit has told US stock regulators that it plans to go public on the New York Stock Exchange. Now, the plan is to make uh, Reddit bigger and stronger, according to the CEO, and plans to bring in the money include advertising and licensing data for training large language models that power AI. Now, the big question, though, is uh, Reddit has been you know, a form of support, if you will, for retail investors? Will Or how far will retail investors now support Reddit in its IPO? 
Okay, I think Reddit does has a lot of, of its supporters, but whether they will be investors, that's yeah. what we are trying to <laughs> see over here in his uh, IPO. So the social media platform has actually picked NYSE as the venue for its uh, long-delayed, long-awaited uh, stock market debut. So this uh, San Francisco-based San Francisco based, uh, tech company, right, actually launched a confidential filing for an IPO in the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission in late 2021. But uh, it was uh, pushed off or held off for quite a bit of time because tech stock uh, during then was uh, going through a period of very tough uh, macroeconomic conditions, the high interest rate environment, and there was an advertising slum also. So don't forget the Twitter and X story that happened during then. So Reddit, uh, also known as a bastion of free speech, was criticized by many experts for its uh, light touch approach to moderation. So uh, there's a lot of uh, honest opinion there on Reddit, which I uh, also visit often to, kind of, uh, to see what the other people are saying. So it has sought to develop its advertising offering and better police these controversial corners of its forum uh, in the lead up to the IPO. It was reported that the company uh, aimed to achieve an initial valuation of $5 billion when it goes public. And then uh, in 2021, there was a $10 billion valuation uh, by a private fundraising. So that was doubled uh, between that few years only. But that private valuation may have tumbled in the last two years because of the interest rate increase. But I am confident that uh, this, uh, this Reddit counter, this company that's going to be IPO mm. in relation to AI, in relation to the tech sector, will be uh, quite well supported in the current tech boom that we are experiencing. Right. And before we let you go, uh, Sunny, we must talk about NVIDIA and Meta. Now, in the previous session, NVIDIA's shares were up some 16% overnight, adding about $277 billion US dollars to market cap and also besting Meta's uh, historic gains registered about three weeks ago. Now, questions are, how sustainable is the current optimism surrounding NVIDIA? Can NVIDIA continue to lock new highs? And if so, how far will that overshadow Meta? Uh, how can it lock new highs? I think it has to lock new highs because uh, all the AI developments, all the uh, chatbots, all the uh, machine learning are all dependent on NVIDIA chip right now. And as you said, just three weeks ago, we saw Meta, uh, single day biggest uh, market cap gain was $196 million. And this time around, we see this $277 uh, billion uh, market cap uh, uh, rise in one single day. So that more or less a shadow what uh, Meta Historical has gained in, uh, in the week, uh, that was three weeks ago. So the Meta um, sort of financials do have to stay up with the market uh, expectation of it bringing in uh, the, the target level of profits uh, uh, in line with analyst estimates. And if any misses were to come, NVIDIA stocks would likely see a, a big pullback. But given the current demand around AI and um, machine learning and uh, chip, that are dependent on NVIDIA's. I think NVIDIA's will still have a, a few years to go before we see this demand starts to slow down. So I think NVIDIA growth is likely going to continue uh, at least towards to, for the rest of this year and it will hit a new high, definitely. And definitely the, the likes of Meta, Apple, Amazon would uh, be a shadow of, of what the valuation of NVIDIA will be towards uh, the, the end of the year. Right, I can imagine lots to watch and a lot of unknowns, but also a lot of exciting uh, developments going on there. Thanks a lot, Sunny. That was Sunny So, lead technical analyst, capital markets and investor education at Sias. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.